We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye, hitting you with a solo recap of the Nets' final preseason game in Minnesota, where they were victorious 112-102. Before we jump to it, quick reminder, make sure you're following the Brooklyn Buzz on Instagram, at BrooklynBuzzPod. Also, check out the Instagram for a t-shirt giveaway. And as always, make sure you check out the Buzz on all streaming platforms. To kick things off, I think it's important to talk about the first quarter and the energy and effort we saw from the Nets. You know, a 9-0 start offensively some nice sets to kick things in Kevin Durant Kyrie Irving obviously got hot in this game but they were also able to get active and transition and some of that was the T-Wolves being lackadaisical you know and getting back even on free throws where we saw Ben Simmons throw an absolute dime to Kyrie Irving in transition but you kind of saw what we were hoping for from the Nets in the first two quarters and a good chunk of that third quarter as well you know there was just a lot of promising signs in this game and what we saw against Milwaukee and really, some of this the simplest things, you know, a lot of it was just energy and effort and physicality and credit to, you know, one of the guys who I think is stepping up as a leader for this team, and that's Kyrie Irving. Played with great energy and effort in this game, defensively was locked in, fighting over screens, you know, clapping in the second quarter in Anthony Edwards' face and then forcing a steal. Kyrie was great. Finished with 26 points, 8 of 17 from the field, 4 of 8 from 3, 4 assists. There were stretches in this game where he just got hot and he was just not missing shots. You know, things that stick out is the layup finish inside between Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns. Also, just a couple really smooth threes. And credit him for a couple nice passes to Dayron Sharp in this game. And like I mentioned, Kyrie's defense was awesome. He really helped set the tone. And I think that could be something we consistently see this season. Obviously, it's a contract year for him, but he also wants to kind of get his rep back up because we know what has been said about him over the course of the last season, the last couple of years. And this is, you know, I don't want to say make or break, but this could be, you know, a huge season for him and especially in his career arc. So, Great to see Kyrie finish off the preseason on the right note. It looks like he's going to have an incredible season moving forward. Now talking Kevin Durant, he also looked great in this game. Finished with 20 points, 7 of 17 from the field, 3 of 5 from 3, 2 rebounds, 6 assists. We also saw him make a couple just really good defensive plays. And that's what happens when KD gets to kind of hide. You know, he didn't necessarily have to defend... Uh, you know, a huge playmaker or a scorer in this game, it was Jaden McDaniels. And obviously McDaniels, you know, more so known for his defense. And Katie was able to capitalize three blocks, one steal. And at times, just watching the Nets on the floor, the length that they had between him, Ben Simmons, and Nick Claxton, it really created problems inside. Even for a team as big as Minnesota and a team with, 
you know, some elite finishers and a guy like Anthony Edwards. So I think you're starting to see some of that defensive potential stick out. And a lot of that too is just the energy and effort. And there also seems to be more of a synergy. You know, a lot of the complaints you heard on the Brooklyn Buzz over the course of the first two games was, you know, the Nets aren't in sync. They're not in line. And, you know, there's kind of a confusion across the board in terms of, you know, what defense are we playing? Are we switching? Are we dropping here? And we saw a mix of that in the first quarter. You know, we saw them throw different looks or depending on the matchup they were switching or they were dropping. And I think that just showcases some of the versatility in which they have with this team. You know, obviously Ben Simmons and Nick Claxton, two of the, you know, two great switchy players. And obviously Ben is in a different tier than Clax, but Clax for his size is really excellent with his terms of mobility. And then, you know, Kevin Durant is no slouch. You know, I think you're not necessarily going to anticipate him playing with great effort in preseason the entire regular season, but you see enough glimpses how he can turn it up, especially with his offensive load not being as big a burden. You know, it's just easy to see Kevin Durant put in better positions, you know, where he's not, you know, seeing all five defenders looking at him or he doesn't have to bring the ball up, set up the offense and then still score the basket. You know, you're seeing Ben Simmons do that. You're seeing Kyrie Irving doing that. Even at times, you know, Royce O'Neal being a part of the offense and dribbling the basketball and just throwing the right pass. You know, he threw a pass in the post to Kevin Durant and, you know, thinking back to last year, at times that was a struggle for the Nets. They literally just didn't have capable passers on this team. So great to see KD's life looking like it's going to be easier this season and still be efficient and excellent on the floor. So really happy with his performance the last two games and kind of him taking those steps to get ready for the regular season. But we never really had a worry with Kyrie and Katie in terms of what to expect from them. But moving on to Ben Simmons. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash blue wire. Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Strange game for Ben. Obviously only played 13 minutes because he did foul out. Finished plus 15, only had two points, but had six assists, two rebounds. And like I mentioned, you know, just an absolute dime in transition, you know, dropping it into Kyrie Irving for a, what looked like a touchdown you'd see on Sunday. So you got to see some of the other aspects of Ben's game. And also, I think it's been pointed out, you know, over the course of the last two games is just Ben's ability to kind of run the offense, put guys in the right spot and just 
get things moving. And then also, obviously, his ability to push and transition, it's not always finishing with a transition bucket. Sometimes it's even that semi-transition getting you a mismatch somewhere else on the floor or a guy just one step behind and now your your advantages are already created because of what Ben Simmons is able to do in pushing the ball. And, you know, he matched up with Cat defensively. You know, Cat definitely got him in foul trouble. I think some of the calls were a little ticky-tacky and obviously Cat's a little bit different than, you know, Giannis just because he's a, a bigger body. But I think Ben in a normal matchup would probably do a little bit better in that scenario. I think the Nets probably could have helped him out a little bit more in terms of, you know, reaching in on some of those high dribbles from Carl Anthony Towns. But overall, you know, I think we saw enough from Ben in these last two games to have a level of confidence that he can get back to what we saw in Philly and even potentially maybe be better than that, you know, further down the line. So not necessarily a great game, but still flashes from him. And obviously, you know, foul trouble is going to be something that he can't get into because this this team is going to count on him throughout the regular season. But talking about, you know, the fourth starter, fourth starter and Nick Claxton finished with eight points, three at three from the field, two at two from the free throw line, five rebounds, one assist, one turnover, plus 20 for Clax, and it really felt that way. I thought his energy and effort in this game was great. Defensively, he was having a huge impact. He did a nice job, I thought, on Rudy Gobert, did a nice job when he got switched on to whoever was out there for Minnesota, and credit to him for utilizing one of his best assets, and that's his speed. You know, you see him in transition. There was a play where he was contending for the rebound. Ben ended up getting it. He is pretty much eye-to-eye with uh, Reed. And next thing you know, Clax has him beat by 10 feet down the floor and catches a, a, a layup oop from Ben Simmons. And those are just the opportunities that I think are going to be out there. And I think... Obviously, the Nets don't have the purest pick-and-roll runner on this team. There's no James Harden. You know, Clax isn't probably going to get as many lobs as he has in the past, but he's going to catch a lot of dunks in transition and also just easy baskets from being around the rim and the defense collapsing on guys like Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. So overall, really happy with what we saw from Clax in the last two games and getting ready for the regular season. I think him playing with that level of energy and effort is going to be huge for his impact. Obviously, he's not the biggest guy, but he's the, he's typically the quickest guy in terms of front court players or big men out there. So that's an area where he can be successful. And then finishing off with Royce O'Neal for the starters, 11 points, plus 19, 4-9 from the field, 2-7 from 3, 1-1 from the free throw line, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, 4 steals. Just really an overall impactful game from Royce O'Neal. And you just see some of the things that in which he can do out there where he's not necessarily this all-star level player, but he can do some of the simple things. And you know that's dribbling the ball from point A to point B and setting up a play and throwing a pass in the post. And defensively, you know, in that first quarter, he helped kind of bring that energy and effort, drawing two offensive fouls on the Timberwolves and also having a deflection. That was kind of part of that little spark run the Nets had. So you can see how Royce fits in very well with this starting group and how he's going to become a fan favorite throughout the year just because of the small things he's able to do out in the court. And also, you uh, another shout out for him is the fact that he's always hustling. He's always the guy, you know, uh, you know, we have a turnover, the Nets have a turnover. Next thing you know, it's a, it seems like an easy transition bucket. Royce O'Neal is going to sprint down there and try to contest, sometimes get the foul in there and try to make a play. And I think you could have a lot of respect for a player like that who just puts 100% effort in all the time. Looking at the bench, uh, talking Patty Mills, another rough performance for him, you know, six points, two of eight from the field, two of six from three, but really the offense you expect to get on track at some point, you know, three-point shooting-wise, given his success in his career. But defensively is the issue. You know, he came in this game and 
D'Angelo Russell instantly scored four points and set up somebody else for another layup because of just his lack of ability to stay in front of players. I think if Patty's out there, he has to be the guy that you're hiding. You know, he's the guy that you're putting on the person who's offensively limited or, you know, just can't really handle the basketball. And obviously, in ideal scenario, you know, Seth Curry is back and he's getting these minutes. And also, you could see how Seth Curry would probably fit a little bit better with some of these second units because of his ability to handle the basketball, play make a little, and obviously just being a better overall offensive player. So that's going to be interesting to see when Seth comes back because, you know, Part of me thinks that maybe it's just age catching up to Patty Mills. You know, we saw a pretty drastic drop off from Blake Griffin in the Milwaukee Bucks playoff series to what we saw at the beginning of last year's regular season. It could be something similar for Patty, especially given, you know, he was asked to do a lot last year and that fatigue is probably still kicking into an extent, not making excuses for him, but just unsure if he's going to be able to get back to that level or become a playable player in this rotation. I think that's another reason it's very important that, you know, Seth and Joe both get healthy healthy for the regular season because, you know, Patty just doesn't look like he's a great fit with this team right now. Obviously, that could change in the future. It's only been a couple preseason games, but the evidence is not great, especially considering this is kind of the burnt out Patty we saw at the end of last year. Talking about a couple other guys, Dayron Sharp I thought was awesome in this game. Played again with a lot of energy and effort. Finished with 15 points, 13 rebounds, 5 of 9 from the field, 5 of 5 from the free throw line. Had one steal in there too. You know, obviously not a perfect player and still has plenty to develop, but you appreciate the mistakes being made at 100% speed rather than made, you know, not doing anything or not trying to have an impact. So that's where, you know, you have an appreciation for Dayron Sharp. Looking at Markeith Morris, he got some pretty good burn this game, played about 22 minutes. I saw him a little bit more at the four as well. A two and nine from the field, one of six from three, two of two from the free throw line, six rebounds. Obviously, Markeith's going to have to hit a couple more shots for him to be effective out there, but it's not like the Nets signed him and expecting him to average 10 points per game. You just love for him to maybe knock down a couple more of those threes, maybe get that number to two of six, three of six, whatever it might be. Just a little bit of improvement from him. And I think, you know, as we mentioned in the past, he's looks like he's still kind of getting into game shape. Uh, Utah Watsonabe continues to just do the small things on the court and look like, you know, the fifth player in the rotation, you know, fifth player in the lineup out there, you know, given whoever it's with, he's able to kind of fill in those, those small little roles. You know, he only finished with four points and four rebounds is one or two from the field, one or two from three and one or two from the free throw line. But overall, I think you're happy because he's giving you just, again, these small things and defensively, his length is definitely having an impact in another versatile switchy defender in which kind of works really well with this group already it just gives you another interchangeable piece out there defensively and then talking cam thomas uh he also got some run with the initial rotation as well you know played in garbage time and i think in garbage time or i guess whatever you want to call the fourth quarter you know it wasn't necessarily as competitive as the first three quarters cam looked better than what we saw you know he was a little timid or making mistakes quarters one through three in the fourth you saw him kind of get into his own but it also seems like cam is such a rhythm player and with limited touches that rhythm can be really good or it can be really poor and i think that's what we saw in the first three quarters never really found his rhythm and wasn't necessarily able to have a positive impact and that that becomes the question mark for cam you know throughout the year is he able to be impactful in limited bursts because he's not going to have the ball a ton. He's going to be, you know, a secondary option, a third option out there. And, 
it's going to be on him to have an impact and try to find ways to make winning plays in a short period of time. So really interesting to see how his role progresses through the year. And if that, you know, ends up with the Nets, you know, moving him in a trade and trying to add maybe a more of a veteran guard or something like that. It's definitely a lot of different possibilities, but overall, I think looking at the way the Nets played tonight and the effort they showed and just the mentality, some of the actions we're seeing offensively, some of the the versatility we're seeing defensively, not just from the players, but also from a schematic perspective, I think is really interesting and gives you, you know, confidence for this group going into the regular season in the sense that, you know, maybe they could hit their potential. Maybe they can be a championship contending team. So again, two, two really good preseason games, you know, the, the first two preseason games, not much to take away, not much positive. So we'll see what happens on opening night if they can kind of put this all together and be successful. Looking at games one and two versus three and four in the preseason, it seems like night and day. And again, as we alluded to, we're hoping that we get Joe Harris and Seth Curry back for opening night. Steve Nash pretty much said there's a chance we could see either guy in opening night at this point. It's kind of an unknown. We haven't really got much of an update on Edmund Sumner either. You know, obviously did not play in tonight's game, was dealing with that hip strain. Also a guy coming off, you know, a torn Achilles typically deal with some other type of lower body injury after that because there is a level of compensation. So we'll we'll keep, you know, tabs on those guys. Hopefully they're healthy healthy for opening night, if not very, very early in the season, because I'd love to see what they can do, you know, when Seth and Joe are out there. And even, you know, with that means Royce is starting in which Jack and I talked about on a previous show, which seems to be the likely scenario, you know, Joe and Seth in your second unit led by Ben Simmons could be very, very lethal. So there's just a lot of potential and different options. And that's not even mentioning TJ Warren, who we could see later in the season. Obviously, reports are that he'll be reevaluated in November and we'll kind of go from there. But plenty of potential, plenty of things to be happy about. And again, opening night is Wednesday against the Pelicans. Should be a great test for the Nets. Obviously, Pelicans finish the season strong in the postseason. You know, we're able to compete with the Phoenix Suns and obviously Zion coming back. He looks like he's in great shape. It's going to be a huge challenge for the defense, but there's at least some level of confidence that they're up for the challenge. They're not going to stop the Pelicans, but they're going to do a better job than the roster in which we saw last season. So again, preseason, take what you want. You know, there's good, there's bad, and obviously it's preseason at the end of the day, so you can only take so much from it. In my opinion, we saw things from this Nets team that made me happy and gave me a level of confidence that they could potentially, you know, reach the goals that we have for them, and that's winning a championship. But as always, appreciate everybody for listening, and make sure you check the buzz on all streaming platforms. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.